millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling and some housekeeping before we do indeed start today's AEW Dynamite Ups and Downs. You may look at me and go, Simon, you're not moving around as much as you usually do. And the answer to that is no, I'm not moving around as much as I usually do. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it incredibly vague. Sometimes life goes life. But basically right now, I'm like the explanation for a WWE storyline. There is a one. So please do bear with me and thank you as always for joining me. And let's not worry about that anymore because it's really boring. And let's take the finger of power, which is just my finger, which is attached to my hand. And give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down. To the latest episode of All Elite Wrestling's Dialyte. AEW, I swear, is so smart because not only did they take a long rumoured idea that apparently was going to go down months ago and flip it on its head, but they also were well aware that they were going to be in Long Island, so they had all the fun in the world with it. And what am I talking about? Well, CM Punk came out to Maxwell Jacob Friedman's music and he got the most wonderful mixed reception to the point it made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my dum-dum. I mean, do you not think they knew this was going to happen? Of course they did. And CM Punk was wearing a Four Pillars of AEW t-shirt. But was there an MJF on this garment? No, there wasn't. And in his place was none other than Britt Baker. He laid into Long Island as well. And I was having all these flashbacks like, oh my gosh, it's like the CM Punk for when he was doing the Straight Edge Society stuff. And he called MGF an incel. So this war of words continues. And honestly, I just think it gets better and better. CM also mentioned that he is going to be watching the world title match next week. So there was a tease for that. But beforehand, he wants to fight MJF, who he believes has less balls than his dog Larry. I mean, seriously, this could be my favorite version of CM Punk ever. It's like we took a hybrid of all his personas and we just shoved it into one. And go watch this. Seriously, it is pure fire. And again, on a personal note, I did go through some things over the last 24 hours, meaning my movement is limited, but this cheered me right up, which never forget is the whole point of wrestling. It's meant to entertain you and it's meant to put a smile on your face. And I tell you, I was grinning like the Joker which is why it's get it up. Also, on a quick side note too, this was a little bit like Bret Hart in 1997. Like, I'm going to be a good guy here, but I'm going to be a bad guy here. 
I say let's keep it up. All of this then continued because it was kind of like AEW just got into my brain and gone, oh yeah, that'll make a good idea, so we'll do it because it was time for the Diamond Ring Battle Royal. And even before this had kicked off, we had the most ludicrous, ridiculous, over-the-top video with MJF. Once again, if you don't plan on watching it, change your plans. Our total field for this as well was, of course, MJF, Wardlow, Matt Hardy, Frankie Kazarian, Jay Lethal, Powerhouse Hobbs, Breathe, Dante Martin, Leo Rush, Ricky Starks, Leo Moriarty, Matt Seidel, and Lee Johnson. And honestly, the amount of stories we put into this. Because we had Wardlow helping out his old pal Maxwell, and at one point, Dante Martin and Leo Rush looked at each other, but before they were able to fight, they were thrown out by the low of Ward and Powerhouse Hobbs. Because they're both big guys, they then went at it too, and somewhere Big E was smiling as Man meat, slap meat, that's not the same, but you know what I'm talking about. And do you know who eliminated Powerhouse Hobbs? Of course it was Leo Rush, because he has beef with Team Taz. Maxwell then held out Rush Johnson and his apparent friend, as he was all like, oh man, I didn't mean to do that, I was trying to get rid of the other two, and you got in the way. So this meant there was even more teasing for when those two eventually implode, and then our last three people were indeed MJF, Dante Martin, and Ricky Starks. And seriously, just because of the story, I wanted Mr. Friedman to win this, because then you can kind of turn it into like an Undertaker WrestleMania streak. Just have him win year after year after year, and then when he does get defeated, he will be like, oh my Oh gosh, I can't believe it. We don't have another that in wrestling. There was even more here though, because as it turned out, and as we had suspected, Dante Martin was playing Team Taz for Fools. So as soon as he had the chance to throw Dante Martin out, he did. That meant he and MJF were the last two standing. And now next week on Dynamite, they will fight for that glorious ring. And given everything that's been happening over the last few weeks, that seems like it makes all the sense in the world. But again, three simple words, make sure MJF wins. I mean, that was four words, but don't worry about it. We then even started to have fun with the whole, oh my gosh, we're in MJF's hometown as well. Because after he had raised Dante Martin's hand and left, Ricky Stark started to beat up Dante. So Maxwell was like, oh my gosh, I should help. He ran back to the squared circle. And just as it looked like he was going to fight Ricky, he just jumped on the floor and he beat up Dante Martin instead. This was damn fun. Punk then ran out to try and get him, but of course MJF once again bailed. And this allowed Dante Martin and CM Punk to beat up Ricky Starks. But that also meant we had the stare down between Punk and Ricky, which the internet has been talking about for ages. Honestly, in terms of an opening to Dynamite, this is some of the best stuff I've seen in ages. I mean, it's all just so layered, which is the opposite of my hairline. I don't know what that means. We then got our usual Dynamite match because it was the Jurassic Express teaming up with the Varsity Blondes and it was wonderful to see them back on Wednesdays and shout out to my man Griff Garrison and they were taking on the acclaimed and 2.0. I mean, do you know how good this made me feel even before I started watching it? Because Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy have become some of my favorites ever since I was introduced to them in AEW. I've just told you how I felt about the Varsity Blondes. The acclaimed absolutely rock and 2.0 are just wonderful human beings. So for those crazies out there that like to go, Simon, you're so biased, you're a biased piece of trash. Here is the time to do it, because I am absolutely being biased, although this was still great. I'm not even sure I can go through all of this move by move, because what didn't happen? Because we continue to sell Jungle Boy as a badass. Griff Garrison hit this absolutely ludicrous dive. There was a heart attack, and 2.0 went full asshole, which distracted the referee, which allowed Anthony Bones to make the sneak attack and get on top. This was just pure go, 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 and eventually Luchasaurus got the hot tag, and my word does he know how to do one of those, including at one point grabbing Bowens and choke slamming onto Cass. We then got a tag klaxon as everyone decided to get involved and hit their big moves. And this displeased Daniel Garcia, who was on the outside, and he jumped up on the apron. 
And I said to myself, well, rut roll. This was too much for Eddie Kingston, who must have been watching on from the back, however, because he ran down. He threw Garcia into the stale steps, which allowed Jungle Boy to lock the snare trap onto Max Caster, who eventually had to tap out. I can't really tell you what happened afterwards either, because Eddie Kingston dragged the cameraman backstage, and although he was saying words, I couldn't hear them on my feed because there was just no noise. And Ortiz popped up, and again, he was saying stuff, but who the hell knows what it was. Before eventually 2.0 and Garcia arrived, and they just tonked everyone. I'm sure there was some angry verbiage here too, but I don't know, again, I couldn't hear it. So Eddie Kingston may have gone, oh man, I want some cake right now. And Ortiz was like, no, no, Eddie, it's not the time for cake. I'm gonna shut up and stop talking. However, there is yet more stuff with this, because if you know your wrestling history, Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston have always been somewhat of a group. I'm very excited to see how this plays out. I also want to mention that during this, Anthony Bowens did have a horrible and unforgivable slur yelled at him, which I'm not going to repeat on this show. But I did want to take a moment to say, if you are this person, or you're someone that has similar thoughts, turn this show off now and flub off because I don't want your viewership. Gay, straight, trans, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you want to be a wrestler, you're allowed to go and be a wrestler. And hey, forget about wrestling. That applies to life itself. You should be able to live your life your way. You should be happy and proud. And much as Metallica says, nothing else matters. We also found out that we're finally going to get FTR versus the Lucha Brothers on Rampage after Pac substituted in for Phoenix last week. So FTR and Tully Blanchard were here. They were like, oh my gosh, it's the most important match of their lives. I mean, they said it, so I guess it's true. And then it was time for yet another super duper dynamite match. Yep. Up. This time we got the Young Bucks returning to the ring to take on Chaos or the Best Friends or whatever the hell we were going to call them. And there was also a bunch of people on the outside because we had Brandon Cutler, we had Adam Cole, we had Orange Cassidy. So you could just smell that shenanigans were coming. There was just some great wrestling to start with as Rocky and Nick did a little something something and then Matt and Chuck did a little something something. But when that didn't work, Rocky Romero did this ridiculous dive that Matt Jackson was working and he came off with a drop kick. And that meant it was time for the beatdown. This meant Chuck Taylor eventually got the kind of warm tag, but that was really nice to see because you rarely do see it on Dynamite. And he was hitting these cool combos like this flatliner DDT thing. And unfortunately, he got so amped up when he turned around, he got super kicked right in the face. Rocky then took one as well. And I think because the bad guys were like, yes, we're winning, Adam Cole felt like he needed to be involved. So on the outside, he just pump kicked Orange right in the face. Everyone was then going nuts, including Taylor, who thought he was super cool right now because he put on some glasses. And this is when Cole and Cutler decided, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. We should cause a distraction. That somehow left to Brandon Cutler accidentally spraying Matt Jackson in the face with the cold spray, though. And when Rocky Romero hit the jackknife, I tell you, that was a great near fall. A small part of me bought it. We then had another awesome false finish as Rocky was able to basically get out of a tombstone pile driver and hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. But then he ended back up in the tombstone position. The Young Bucks hit the Meltzer driver and they got the one, two, three. So this was so much fun. And of course, afterwards, the super click just attacked. And even though Wheeler Utah ran down to try and make the save, he had not done his wrestling math, so he got absolutely smashed. Just as it seemed like the best friends were going to be murdered, though, a minivan drove into the arena. That was being driven by Sue, which meant, of course, in the back was none other than Trent, who made his very, very delightful return to Dynamite. He's also shaved his head, which means I like him even more, and he is clearly good to go because he ran wild here. He took everybody out. He can now be inserted into the feud, and this whole segment ended with the good guys just having a good hug. 
how can you not get behind that? It made me feel satisfied, which once again is why I watch professional wrestling. Ruby Soho was then backstage. Before she could say anything, she got cut off by the bunny and Penelope Ford, because of course this is wrestling, and if you do go to say words, somebody will interrupt you. Apparently Nyla Rose had told them that when she wins the TBS tournament and becomes a TBS champion, both of them can have title shots. And I'm sorry, if you believe that, please get in touch with me because I have a scheme for you. <laughs> when I say scheme, what I meant to say was financial opportunity. Rose then appeared from nowhere and my word, just before she tonked Ruby Soho, she shouted, surprise bitch. And this was delivered so well, I'm not gonna lie, I sat there and I laughed my ass off to the point tears rolled down my face. These lot were then chased away by Anna Jay and Ty Conte. And while I still believe that Jade Cargill is gonna be the winner of this tournament, I'm not 100% sure because of segments like this, and this entire tournament has been incredibly well done. We also used this time to learn more about the TNT title, and yet this was another thing I never saw coming, because just as Sammy Guevara was about to cut a promo, he got interrupted by Cody Rhodes, because again, it's wrestling and that's just what happens, and Cody was like, hey man, just wanted to let you know I had a chat with Tony Khan, and your new challenger for that there belt, is me. And you can just imagine how the crowd on this evening reacted to that. But once again, don't pretend Cody doesn't know what he's doing because he absolutely does. And then Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky also interrupted and they basically pointed their finger at Cody and went, nepotism, nepotism, because they think this is nepotism. I mean, they didn't do that literally because that would have been weird, but it does beg the question, what do we do now? Do we do Cody versus Sammy and then Sammy versus Page and then Sammy versus Sky? Do we do a triple threat? Maybe we do a four way with the added caveat of, oh my gosh, Ethan Page and Scorpion Sky are gonna work together. I have no idea, but my eyebrow does raise up which means I want to know. Fair play to Cody Rhodes as well. I think this guy is just absolutely faboo because he is hearing the reaction and good grief is he playing with it. It was then Riho versus Jamie Hayter and just to keep things very simple, I thought this rocked. For stars, you had the smaller, faster wrestler taking on the bigger, more aggressive wrestler, which always works. But there's the extra story that Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker basically hate each other right now and eventually they're probably going to fall out and eventually they're probably going to have a match. You also knew that Britt Baker was going to get involved here, which of course she did because she's going to have a match with Riho at some point. And honestly, the way Jamie Hayter got in control here is that Riho went for a dive off the top rope and even though somebody was meant to grab her, this poor woman just went crashing into the floor and then Jamie picked her up and rammed her into the ring post. And I was like, yep, that was not a fun 10 seconds. After this, it was just a midsection party though, as Jamie Hayter did focus on this torso. And honestly, it was like attack the stomach, sell out to the fans, do it over and over again until she got a bit bored. So Jamie Hayter hit this brain buster that made me go like that. I took my head. I put it to my face as like, my word, <laughs> this poor person's neck. There was an awesome near fall after that, though, when Jamie Hayter did apply a one-leg Boston Crab, which somehow Rio got out of and hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, but she only got the two. That was great. It was at a final tease when Rebel did distract the ref, which made you go, oh, man, we're going to do it again. But AEW has been doing this a lot recently, or doing the whole distraction spot, but then treating it like somewhat of a red herring. Because it allowed Hater to go to the top rope with Riho, where it looked like she was going to hit her with a Samoan drop. But instead, Riho reversed it into an avalanche bomb, which was really cool. She then hit the running knee and she actually won. Obviously, Baker jumped in afterwards to beat up Riho, and now we just have so many different directions we can go in, should we so wish. And also, just to sum this up, this was incredibly stiff and far stiffer than you're properly thinking. I swear at one point, they were just properly twonking each other in the face. It 
really did give it some edge up. We then had more unexpected happenings because one Taz announced that Hook was going to make his in-ring debut on Rampage, so the internet just fell down simultaneously. But also, two, what the hell is going on with Malachi Black? And what is his flubbing plan? Because the Varsity Blondes were back on stage and they're about to talk, so of course they got interrupted when the lights went out. But it was Malachi Black, and he turned to Julia Hart and he went, and he splacked the black mist right in her face. Then the lights went off again. He vanished as Julia Hart was like, oh no, my eye, my eye. So am I now meant to think that Julia Hart is part of him or something? Because of course, every time he does this, his eye thing gets bigger and bigger. Or is this how he's building his own stable? I don't know. But I do know I'm desperate to find out because it is really freaky deaky. Our main event followed all of this and it was one of those matches. If I had told you at the start of 2021 was going to happen, you would have taken a knife and stabbed me because you thought I would have lied to you. It also would have been just too much for your brain. But yes, it was Brian Danielson versus John Silver. And I thought this was absolutely fabu. But I just love that we sell Johnny Hungy's power no matter who he's facing. And that's how this thing started with Brian Danielson being knocked down to the mat. Very sadly, this is Brian Danielson, who is probably the best wrestler in the world right now. And all it did was piss him off. Because he responded with these crazy aggressive strikes. That's what I was doing. I was like, because <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. But even then, Silver wouldn't be deterred. Because he hit a drop kick, he hit a power bomb, and he even applied a heel hook. And Brian Danielson was so freaked out about this, it was like somebody had cut down a tree for no reason. He had to jump and grab the ropes, because I guess he was a little bit worried he was going to have to tap out. There was then a cannonball onto the floor, because why wouldn't you do that? When John Silver went to give Brian Danielson a German suplex, Brian landed on his feet. He kicked Johnny Boy so hard, I fell over in my own house. And that doesn't even make any sense, but my brain saw it, and I think it reacted so badly, it just cut off my legs. While Danielson keeps pretending that nothing has changed ever since he turned to the dark side too, that is not the case at all. Because he raped John Silver's eyes at one point, which is not kosher. He then hit him with a gotch pile driver, which I can't remember the last time I saw from Brian. And because that basically killed John Silver, Danielson applied a submission, and Johnny Boy was out at this point, so the match was done. Afterwards, Danielson also mentioned all the Dark Order members' heads who he'd already kicked in because he felt like he hadn't kicked in John Silver's head enough he went to do this but of course that brought out Hangman Adam Page who chased Brian Danielson off all the while shouting I'm gonna beat you I'm gonna beat you I'm gonna beat you well actually he said next week I'm gonna stomp the cowboy out of you which is a very weird thing to say but holy crap am I excited for this world title match and again as I've said before just the smallest part of me secretly wants Brian Danielson to win I know it'd be crazy I know it'd be stupid I can't help it I'm a very moronic man. Which brought us to the end of another AEW Dynamite, and this is exactly what I needed in my life. So overall, it's getting an up. And I know so many people are going, Miller, you never give AEW any downs. I would do if it deserved a down, but it always makes sense. It doesn't mean I think every single thing is the best thing I've ever seen in my life, but I'm a positive Pete, because I like to be positive, so positivity will always be the way. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.